The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change. And when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. Yes, I'm Kat. If you're new to Speaking with Confidence, welcome. It's lovely to have you here and you've certainly come in to a spectacular first episode. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. It's lovely to see you. How are you? How's your day going? How's your week? Are you making the impact in the world that you are striving to make? I really hope you are. In today's conversation, I've invited Jen Jevons to join me for a conversation about storytelling. Now, I met Jen at a function just last week, and as you'll hear in the interview, I wasn't entirely sure why. I wasn't entirely sure why I wanted to bring her on to the podcast, but I knew that I did. And you're going to see in this conversation why I did. The juice is amazing. Jen has got a strong background and history in storytelling, particularly for brands, but she's also a singer. She was a backup singer for Savage Garden, Um, you know, just a little band that had a couple of little successes, as well as a successful recording artist in her own right. And the, the discussion that we had is just fantastic. So today's episode is all about storytelling. It's about backing yourself. And it's about what would you tell your 20-year-old self if you could go back and maybe have them not do some of the things that they did or maybe do more of the things that they did. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation with Jen. Um, I had an absolute ball and um, we've already agreed that there needs to be a follow-up episode. So sit back, enjoy and absorb, absorb all the goodness of the conversation with Jen Jevons. Jen, welcome to the Speaking with Confidence podcast. I have no idea where this is going to go and that's actually part of the thrill, right? So welcome. I am so excited to be here and I actually love not knowing. I'm way better if I haven't prepared. So this will be super interesting. It'll either be great or terrible. Let's see. It'll be real. The fact that you're listening, dear listener, tells you that it's kind of, it's obviously fantastic. But the context of this is that Jen and I met at a function just last week and I just, I liked her story enough to go, I'm just going to get you on the podcast. I have no idea why. I have no idea where it's going to go, but let's just have some fun. So who knows where this is going who to knows? go? Because we didn't dive very deep at all. I think we've been in the same circles for a long time, but we didn't dive. So No, mm. no. And the function that we're at was an awards night, so we didn't even Flat. get to dive deep there. No. And, you know, there were too many cocktails and all of the <laughs> things. Yeah. All, yeah, we were the naughty table at the back. <laughs> Anywho... Jen, let's get us started. Tell us a bit about you, your story, and what your the, the impact that you're striving to make in your world at the moment. Awesome. Well, yes, I have an interesting background. Uh, started in music, 
uh, first 30 years of my life were chasing the dream of being a pop star um, from when I was tiny right through until in my mid-20s when I somewhat got there. Um, so, yeah, through my 20s I toured with Savage Garden as their backing singer, which was amazing, right through their explosion when they were not, we were rehearsing in a garage in Acacia Ridge to suddenly in New York um, and went around the world with them several times in the time I was with them over that year and then scored my own record deal with Daniel from Savage Garden and had a long story short, one big hit single that was like the most played song on radio. Um, everyone knew it. Everyone does know it. Um, and then after that, nothing really happened. So uh, there's a lot of story there that we could dig into, but we won't today because we don't have time. But um, suffice to say, I found myself at in my late 20s, nearly 30, with basically having to reinvent myself and start again. And so at that point, I was like, what am I interested in? Um, and I went into web. I went and did a web course. Um, Fast forward to now, I one of my businesses, I own quite a few businesses, but one of the main one I've been working on in the last 10, 15 years is Pixel Palace, and it's a digital marketing brand agency. So people are always like, this story is crazy. How did you end up going from, you know, singing and songwriting to web and digital? Like what? And I'm like, the common denominator is storytelling and connection mm -hmm. for me. So uh, as I've got older, more and more, I've realized that in my values as a human and why I'm here on this planet, like connection is just such a big piece for me as a human, connection, recognition and growth. So I feel like those three values align in everything I've done in my life. Um, all the businesses I have are those three things. You know, the music career was all about connection and recognition even in Pixel Palace, it's about being seen and recognised, uh, visible, creating visibility for other people, creating connection for other people. So, yeah, it's a really interesting convoluted storyline, but one that is kind of grounded in connection and storytelling. So, yeah, I've just been a storyteller. I love this. And, you know, I, I have lost count of the number of times I've worked with my clients in Impactful Presenters and they say, oh, but my my career is so convoluted. I'm, you know, I'm a jack of all trades. And I go, no, 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 you're a mistress of all trades because yeah. you own all of those things. And that's what's contributed to who you are today. Like that yeah. richness is there. And it's actually the majority of us have had these weird career Leaps. paths. Yeah. They're not, you they're can't, not straight lines. You can't join the dots until you look back. Yeah. Steve Jobs quote. It's one of my faves. Mm, you so cannot true. join the dots until you look back. So tell us about this storytelling piece and particularly, I'm going to say storytelling in a professional context. I mean, you mentioned that you do storytelling for brands, but whether somebody's talking about their business or whether they're talking about their career, why is storytelling so important compared to just, I don't know, fact delivery? Talking. I think because humans remember things and people when they've been made to feel something around that. And I think storytelling, when it's done well for brands and for humans, creates a connection around feeling like you can see your, some part of yourself in that in some way. Uh, so, you know, the stories that I really resonate with or the brands that I really resonate with, I see myself in or I see something that I want to see myself in. So I think that that's why is that on a base level, humans are all about feelings um, and you can fact you know fact punch all you want at people but if they're not feeling it or they're not relating to it or connecting with it and how do you make them do that it's through storytelling and emotion and giving them something that they can see themselves in I think 
Like, yeah. yeah, well, and I, I mean, I know with brands and businesses, that's exactly what it is. So, why do we find it so hard then? Like, if if we want to receive our information in stories, why do we find the storytelling part so hard? I feel like there's a foundational piece. So, again, I'm going to speak about brands and business, maybe in particular, but I'm pretty sure that this applies to individuals as well. Just talking about themselves is that there's a there's a there's a skill to it. There's a there's a roadmap to it and a simplification of the thing. So, and I think in order to be able to communicate clearly and tell a story with a point that people resonate with and connect to, you have to have done some background thinking or work and lay some foundations around what is it, who are you talking to? Like, who is it that you're talking to? What do they need to hear? Like, what is the message? Um, and what are like what else is out there around this too? So when we do brand storytelling and brand positioning and brand strategy, we would start with this three C's, right? Like customers, competitors, and competition. No, competition, competitors, and capabilities. The three C's. Um, and I think it applies to individuals as well. But you need to know your customers. You need to know what it is they're looking for, what it is you value you provide, so that you can tell a story about your capabilities and your stuff that will allow them to see themselves and values align with you or see something that they want to be. So mm. I think why it's difficult is that people just think they can just start talking and they talk to features and benefits and they talk to fact and it's that's not how you tell a story that makes people feel something that they then remember in a really noisy environment. So I feel like groundwork. And I've, the distinction that I just drew from that is when I think when people think about storytelling, they think about telling the story of the product yeah. or the service, not the story of the why, not the story yes. of the background, not the story of the, of the context or the care factor, um, as you say, well, those foundational pieces. Yes, and it's like, it's like if you were at a party and you were talking to someone and you're just talking at them about something, they're not, they're immediately out. So it is, this, it's exactly the same. It's like, not only is it about the why, like if you even just sat there and talked about why you do something and like it's all me, 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 that's still not really going to cut it, is it? But when you have, it's like an empathy and a perspective of standing in the other person's shoes and going, what is it I want them to take from this interaction with me? And I do this even at parties now. My husband thinks it's an amazing skill, but I'm good at it. I think it's a natural ability of mine because I'm a storyteller and a connector. But I'll watch other people talk at people and they think they're having a conversation, but you can see it. And for me, it's because they're not standing in the shoes of the other person. Mm -hmm. So it's all great to talk about your why and all those things, but if it doesn't make that person if it doesn't connect and resonate with that other person that you're speaking to, then it doesn't matter either. So there's this piece about, you know, situational awareness as well. So when you're giving a talk about something, it's like understanding the audience. If you're positioning a brand and doing Facebook marketing, again, understand what you need to say for them to hear it. Um, so for me, it's an empathy piece as well. I often talk um, with my clients that it's about not just stepping into the shoes of your audience, but asking what are they going to care about? What about this yeah. situation yeah. is going to resonate? Yeah. Um, particularly in a public sector context, I talk about all the different contexts that you might deal with. You know, your elected officials need a very different motivation than mm -hmm. the community stakeholders. Still the same program, still the same message, but you've got to, you've got to adjust the story and you've got to adjust the message so they go, Correct. oh, that's why I need to care. 
That's why this Yeah, matters. and there would be, this is exactly brand strategy. So when we do a brand strategy, it's like there's one overarching message, like there's one word or there's one statement or there's one unique selling proposition. That is why this business exists. Like for Pixel Palace, it's leading people growing brands. It says everything about what we do. We're leading people. We have experts in their field. We work with thought leaders and leading brands. We grow brands. We are a growing brand. We're like, so there's so we work with brands in growth. Says everything. But then we target our message to different, you know, a government tender is going to need a different message to if I'm talking to you about doing your personal brand. So it applies to every part of storytelling. One of the challenges that I hear people talk about from a brand perspective is they say brand consistency. And then when I dig a little bit deeper, people say, well, we've we've done all our brand work and this is our brand style guide and this yeah, is our brand storytelling and this is our brand narrative. Yeah. But that's not what our staff are saying. And I go, what do you mean that's not what your staff are saying? And what they're hooked on is they're not using the exact words. So how do you coach or how do you educate your clients around empowering their teams to be on message but on message authentically for them? That's a really good question. So, yeah, when when we will, because we work with clients over long term, right, so we'll do their strategy and their brand and then over the 12 months we'll endeavour to do the rollout with them um, and be part of that team in doing that. And part of that is getting their team involved in understanding the brand because unless it's lived out through every single part of the company, and its behaviour, its tone of voice, it's not just your logo and the colours being right on your website. So it is, it's, it's super font. important. Yeah, and getting getting it to, in a way that that team who don't understand brand and marketing understand mm-hmm. um, is quite critical. So a, a lot of the way we do that is we have brand archetypes, like personalities that we will deliver for the brand. So there'll be one key archetype and it might be, the every man might be the brand, like a Bunnings brand, an every man brand, right? So we'll show, we'll do a presentation to the entire team and say, this is the brand. So, you know, we say this and not this. And it's about just making sure that they understand that when they answer the phone or they talk to a client, that the vibe is just friendly or it's, or it's not, or it's mm. very polished in the end. It's like, we don't swear. We don't. So there's, you've got to allow people to be authentic, obviously, but I think if they fully, again, if you can story tell your brand to your team and get them to feel something and buy into why they're there, values aligned team, in my experience, will buy in like nothing else to a brand strategy when it's presented. Uh, all the non-values aligned team, it's the best self-selection tool ever. Uh, we've totally. noticed in businesses when you present and you say, this is us, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, this is how we're going to roll from here. Um yeah, the people who are in are super in. It gives you something to grab onto. But again, it just ties back to that thing of giving people something that they can see themselves in. So, yeah. yeah. That, mm. Well, that's that connection piece, right? Yep. I want to turn back now to the whole pop star scenario, <laughs> singing. <laughs> Sing. Well, and it's funny because you were saying that, you know, your stories either need to build empathy as in relatability or aspirational. I'm like, yeah, yeah that was my – I wanted to be a pop star too. <laughs> did and I, you know I fancied myself as a decent enough singer then I realized one day that I wasn't willing to do what it would take to make it or not um I wasn't prepared for the rejection um tell us what what lessons did you learn in your singing career that you've translated across not just to the storytelling part but I'm guessing you know it's about expressing yourself and about rejection and mm. all of that stuff 
Oh, there's so many things. Like there is, again, there's a whole other episode that we could talk to on okay. <laughs> the lessons learned from having a record deal and a one-hit wonder in your 20s. Um, look, I just think there were mega life lessons as well. Like I, for context, you know, Aniki was the band um, and it was pop, like super pop. Like we were like Savage Gar- Girl, Savage Garden, like Bachelor Girl. It was that kind of vibe and we worked with Swedish producers to write the albums in Sweden for six months writing the album and like it was pop but that album was like my heart and soul like I wrote every lyric on that album I wrote I co-wrote I co-produced and I wrote every lyric on the entire thing it was my diary for the previous you know five years of my life in relationships and stuff so it was very much storytelling Um, I think at the time I didn't realize how incredible that was Um, and I did have a lot of people around me at the time that weren't good uh, that weren't good for me as a human either and were very although I was like the center of that thing they were also very much like you're the center but also get back in your box so looking back at it I'm like wow there was so much gen in all of it and I didn't see it And I think that's been my biggest lesson is realizing, and I think it's an important one for everyone to realize is that you you see your seeing yourself and seeing how valuable your stories are and and seeing yourself truly and not how other people are projecting onto you has been the biggest thing as as I've got older and taken it into all my other businesses. There's a confidence now and it's not from really anything other than, oh my God, like all of us have interesting stories to tell and value to share um and yeah the more I do that the better my life gets so authentically sharing my stories and value as I've got older and older has been probably the biggest learning that I continue to um yeah build on the other thing is with that music career when that ended I had 10 years of building pixel colors where I didn't tell anyone I pretended like the whole music thing never happened so I built a whole new life after that and acted like like it was a big secret and when people would accidentally find out like sometimes a client would find out they would lose their minds and also say yes to anything I sold them from that point on which was another point I realized around how powerful connection and storytelling is when people can feel something about someone suddenly your influence goes up so it's a really really there's an interesting tale here about all of those lessons but um, I think seeing myself properly is probably the biggest thing that I've taken out of that whole experience and into um, what I do now. There's so you're right. There's another episode here. Um, <laughs> there's a lot what, in that stuff. What I particularly love about this is it's a very similar experience to me actually. Like in the last five years or so, I've been looking. I've looked back at who I was in my early twenties, and I'm like, oh. She was amazing. Like, she was amazing. And she had yeah. it she had everything that I'm now leaning on, that I'm now yeah. pulling forward. But because society or people had said, Don't do this or put, you know, as you say, get back in your box. Get back in your box. Be yeah. careful and all that kind of stuff. It's fascinating. I do. I find it fascinating. Would I go there's back a huge, and Yeah. There's a huge piece here too though about women. Because yeah. I think we're to- like at that point, I don't know about you, but it was probably the same. You're too, how could you know? You're too young. I was just this pretty blonde, modelly looking thing. How could she? He's not smart. She's like literally my A&R guy from my record label told me once to 
get a fake tan, get a boob job and get photographed down on Bondi Beach like Sophie Monk. Like he literally, that was the instruction. <laughs> and I'm like, did Sophie Monk write an entire album of like, you know, so I think at that point that was the problem. And now I feel like the other, the problem that we all face is that irrelevant. You're over 40, coming up to 50, like, what do you got to say of value? It's like oh, all of the women I know in their 40s and 50s have the most incredible things to say yeah. uh, with none of the care factor of, um, you know, our younger self, of, you know, caring too much about what other, think, other people think. So, but it's an interesting phenomenon. It is. Sure. It is. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh, and I'm not, I can never quite decide whether if I could go back, would I tell her to do it differently or do I just go... <laughs> this was part of it and that that's what's actually brought the richness forward. I think forward. it's part of it. But I do think it's a big reason why I love mentoring younger women uh, mm-hmm. like at this point in time because I'm like, please listen to me. And they do seem a lot more savvy than what I was in the, in the 90s. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I've thought the same. I've always, people ask me would you, if you could go back. It's like mm. there's definitely some nuggets of, oh, love, don't do that. That get rid of him. <laughs> I would definitely drop in a couple of things. Uh, and there's a couple of pivotal moments where I would have stood up, stood up for myself um, that, but no, I don't, I think it's all part of the amazing melting pot that is me today. So I've actually just come off a coaching call in, into somebody else's masterclass actually with a group of creatives. And one of the things that I was talking to them about was how the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves is often what stops us from standing up for ourselves. And so the more we can embody the story of what I call your earn the right, so who you are, what you're good at, what you bring to your arena, the more you can embody that story, the more confident you are to stand up for yourself, defend yourself, say, yeah, no. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a pivotal moment in my music career right at the end where I, the walls were caving in on everything at that point and I had a call with the record label and without mentioning names, the person said to me, Jen, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna effing write it for you. You've got to, it's up to you to make this happen. Like, and I had been paying for myself to fly around Australia to do co-writing with all these writers that I had called up myself, like excellent, really. So I was killing myself. I was broke. I was on the dole because we had no, I had no money. I was living with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. My life was not okay and I rang and said, I need some support if this is going to happen to get this next solo album done. That was the answer. And at that moment I just shrunk because mm-hmm. I wasn't firm enough in my belief in myself to actually go, no, you know what? You have a responsibility and stand like what I'd say now would be like, okay, let's no. But what I did was run because I didn't want to hear them say what I was telling myself, which yeah. was your shit and you're not good enough. And yeah all of that sort of stuff. So it's a, uh, that's another really good lesson that it's only in the last few years I've reflected on that moment and that phone call in particular, which was where I went, I quit, I quit, I ran away and I hid for 10 years. I didn't sing, I didn't create, I just worked on websites and Pixel Palace and didn't tell anyone about it um, from that phone call. Like, wow, crazy, crazy to think of what could have happened if I'd actually stood up at that point and fought for myself rather than yeah mm. oh yeah there's definitely another episode or six um, <laughs> are you singing again now 
even for yourself? I, so I went back to singing. I actually, I'm not at the moment just because I think I'm almost retired now. It's a bit, I, I, I'm starting to sing around the house a bit more, but oh, I was, good. I went back to professional singing for 15 years in some really good cover bands around Brisbane. And I actually loved that again, mm. because I just, that connection piece for me being on stage. And even if it's not my songs, like being in a really good corporate band is the funnest thing in the world because people are just having the time of their life and, you know, connection, recognition, my two things, love it. They're singing the songs with you. They're having a great time. They're smiling back at you. You know, it's just, so I had a really good 15 years in, in a couple of really, really high-end cover bands around Brisbane. That was just a gift. Uh, but, yeah, no, in recent times I think I'm getting a bit long in the tooth. It wipes me out for a week if I do a gig. So it's going to be a little quiet Sunday cafe acoustic gig if I do anything now. That's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, yeah, yeah. I always imagine myself as a you know um, standing next to the piano in the yeah in the jazz nice bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are so many things, but I do want to um, start wrapping this up just to um, keep our listeners interested and to you know let them know that my episodes do stick around this twenty-five, 25. Um, minute mark. So, with all of that said. And with all of that experience, what would be your number one speaking tip for our listeners, whether they're speaking from a storytelling perspective, whether they're just trying to engage their, a small group of stakeholders, what would be your number one tip? I feel like it's authenticity. If I had to pick one thing, for me, I'm, I love speaking at events. Am I a trained speaker? Nope. I, could I improve? One million percent. And I plan on doing some training in the next year or so, but I think the one thing I do really well is an authentic vulnerability in in presenting, uh, whether that's just speaking to a client or a potential customer or it's speaking at an event. Uh, I think people just, res- if they can resonate, if they feel like you're really there and you're just genuinely showing up rather than a super rehearsed, super polished, you know, robot that has written a speech and read it or is saying things that they think they you know, the audience wants to hear or they're just rattling off facts uh, rather than, yeah, that authentic human piece, making eye contact and, you know, if you stuff up, you laugh about it. Like, or you, you know, just little jokes and being, you, I've, I've been at, at events where a speaker has come on stage, stuffed up and made it funny and you immediately love them because they made a mistake versus what most people think, which is, oh God, that's the end of it. It's like, no, you actually had me at that. Suddenly I Correct. see myself in you. So uh, I think that authenticity piece is the is probably the most valuable thing, and it's something everyone can do. I think no matter how practiced you are at presenting, it's like just correct. Be there, and you know, without prompting you, it's that's my top thing, top thing as ah, well. There you um, go. Empowering people to be authentic in their impact. Um, that's where the power. In fact, that's where the impact is. That's where yes. the impact is. Yeah. yeah. Jen. Thank you so much for joining me and for so just, you know, having a who the hell knows where these conversations go. I've Could have gone so it. many ways, Kat. Could have <laughs> gone so many ways. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it too. And, um, yeah, we will definitely do this again because there is more. There is more. So oh, thank you. Oh, it's a well. No worries. Thank you so much. Appreciate <laughs> it. Oof. <laughs> I literally, at the end of that conversation, I just want to say, oof, so many gorgeous, delicious, amazing truth bombs in that conversation with Jen. 
and um you know, we were laughing at the top of the conversation. Don't know where this is going to go. And I honestly didn't. Uh, that's the most amount of time that I've spent with Jen. And I just knew that she had juice for this podcast and for you. So what do I want to kind of recap on? I want to recap on her points around storytelling and that storytelling builds connection. It gives recognition to your audience and it has a far greater emotive outcome than just fact bombing. I love that fact bombing. And that your storytelling isn't storytelling about your product or your service. Your storytelling is deeper. You need to dig into the foundations of who you are, what you do, why you do it. Very much what I talk about and what I teach in my own the right framework. But I can't wrap up, of course, without recapping on that piece around authenticity and bringing yourself, your whole self to the conversation, warts and all, mistakes and all. That is where the connection sits. Um, I particularly love Jen's comments around, you know, not being a robotic speaker or not not being a, um, a highly polished speaker. I think that's probably one of the key things that I've really lent into in the last few years of running this business people think that being an impactful speaker comes from the polish it doesn't come from the polish it comes from the groundedness it comes from the frameworks that allow you to authentically express yourself so I would love for you to share your thoughts about this episode over in the speaking with confidence um, Facebook group I am sharing that top, that one hit that Jen talked about she had with Aniki, um, as soon as you see it, you're going to recognize it and you're going to start singing along because you will know the song. Um, so I'm going to share that in the Facebook group. So come over to the Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson Facebook group and listen to the song, watch the video clip, and then let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this conversation. What was your biggest, oh, aha, or what did you enjoy most? The other thing I want to mention is if you're a rambler, if you want to be more authentic without being the rambler, without being the the fact dumper or the data dumper, then I highly recommend that you grab a copy of my free ebook, How to Stop Rambling. I literally had somebody the other day say, oh my goodness, thank you so much for this ebook. I had to do a very quick awards speech or awards pitch that I wasn't prepared for. And the tips in your book gave me what I needed to not only deliver a really good pitch, but to feel really good at the same time. So head over to impactfulpresenters.com. That's impactfulpresenters.com and hand over your email address in exchange for the How to Stop Rambling ebook. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Jen as much as I enjoyed having it. In the meantime, here's to confidence and here's to impact. I'll see you really soon.